Welcome to the Script Bits Podcast for Friday, 29 July, 2022. Our bit today comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 11, which says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, it's here at last. So let's shout it out now. TGIF, thank God it's Friday and the long Caribana weekend has begun. And this evening, I'm going to attend the only function on the calendar that I do nowadays. That's the steel band competition. Yes, friends, that's what it finally come down to. As they so truthfully say, after one time is two. But the fact of the matter is that the old fella can no longer handle the long walking and the pushing and shoving of the young people. In my time, we knew how to party, but these days that wisdom seems to have gone by the by. And the costumes and music are not as nice as they used to be before either. Like life and so many other things nowadays, the standards have fallen and it all seems watered down now, at least in my opinions. So since I can't handle it physically and emotionally any longer, I just keep myself to myself and only check out the pan competition, which is always a blast because you see people you haven't seen in ages, plus you make new friends. And please don't forget the numerous arguments and controversies especially over the judges' decisions at the end. And if you have ever been to a steel band competition, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And you know what? Strangely enough, I find that that one occasion satisfies my Caribana weekend. Once upon a time, if I didn't get down to the parade early, I'd be rather unmannerly to those who kept me back. My family could certainly tell you about that. But thankfully, along with age, comes that very important thing called reason. And that reminds me of the scripture in 1 Corinthians that says it so wisely. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Our friends, that's exactly what a lot of us need to do in these uncertain, disastrous, and turbulent times. That's give up our childish behavior and act like the adults we are supposed to be. We certainly don't need all the resentment, strife, evil doing, backbiting, and scandalous behavior that has become so much a part of our current society. And believe me, Those ungodly actions are not only running rampant rampant in the outside world, but unfortunately also in the Church of Christ. And obviously, that's not welcome behavior in the body of Christ. But who's going to change it? eh? Only we, the supposed believers in and followers of Christ, can do that. The problem, though, is do we really want to change our unchristian ways? Some of us do, 
but others don't. So what's going to happen now? Eh? Christ's church obviously cannot be allowed to continue being as sinful and ungodly as the world. And the sad part is that a lot of this behavior comes from the leaders, not from the basic congregations. In fact, some leaders consciously promote that behavior. It's obvious that they are not obeying the words of Paul to Timothy, where he says, this is a true saying. If a man desires or aspires to the office of a bishop or overseer, he desired a good work or a noble task. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant or temperate, sober or sober-minded, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to or able to teach, not given to or addicted to wine, no striker, not violent, not greedy or filthy lucre, that's for money, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity or reverence. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, that's a very good question, my people. And all, all that stuff comes from 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. If a man cannot run his own house in a godly manner, how then can he run Christ's church properly? And the scholars tell us this about the pastoral office. They say the pastor who shepherds today's church also fulfills the New Testament role of elder and bishop or overseer and is responsible to God for the spiritual welfare of the church. And they make a reference to that in Acts 20, 28. When Christ returns, he will judge and reward these pastors or elders according to their faithfulness in leading the church to accomplish God's will. And there's a reference there to it in 1 Peter 5, 4. And you know what? I do hope that some of those leading Christ's flock today would read that and understand it and change from their evil ways. But let's look at some deeper explanations of the duties Paul associated with a godly leader. No? The scholars say blameless means irreproachable, that is impeccable in reputation. The husband of one wife means faithful to his wife. Vigilant means temperate. This speaks of spiritual sobriety, not intoxicated or controlled by fleshly passions and sensual appetites. To be sober is to be of song mind. That is not a frivolous disposition, but serious and possessing good judgment. Of good behavior means orderly in life, habits, and work. One who is given to hospitality receives strangers warmly and treats guests generously. To be apt to teach is to be skillful in teaching scripture. 
Not given to wine means not addicted to wine. No striker means not physically violent. Not greedy means not fond of dishonest gain. Patient means not quarrelsome, peaceable. That is, does not argue over minor matters or always seeks to have his own way, but defers to the wishes of others when no cardinal doctrine or policy is sacrificed. Not covetous literally means not a lover of money. His main priority is not the acquisition of money because materialism ill befits one called above to care for the spiritual welfare of souls. And that's the gospel truth, my people. You can't be interested in the material things of the world and then care for spiritual things in heaven or for people who want to understand spiritual stuff. However, unfortunately, many of our current leaders do display too many of the ungodly traits described above. Now, it must be stated that a lot is expected of them. And since they are mere men, mere men like us, they do have human drawbacks and frailties and will have occasional lapses in godly behavior. But the unfortunate truth is that too many of our leaders have poor leadership qualities and are thus leading Christ's church astray. That's why it's in such bad shape today. But you know what? We cannot put all the blame and responsibility on our leaders, though, because we, the congregation, also need to take some of it for both allowing the leaders to do some of the ungodly stuff they do and also for following them when we full well know that their actions are wrong and totally ungodly. And the only way for the church to get cleaned up is by both congregation and leaders deciding to clean it up. That's seriously looking at themselves and doing the things they know that ought to be done. This will have to be an internal cleansing, coming to terms with all misdeeds and deciding to change our ways with God's help, obviously. And you know what, too? There's no better time to start than right now. So let's go to God in prayer through our Friday chant, laying our cards sincerely before him as one voice. Oh, Lord, thanks for getting me safely through this past week. You know it's been rough. What with all the anxiety, the confusion and havoc that the COVID-19 virus and our many problems or many other problems are still causing, we can't seem to fix it on our own, Lord. That means we desperately need your help. Oh, Heavenly Father, with your omnipotent help and our trusting faith, we know that we can stand strong and steadfast and defeat both the virus and the unrest in our streets. So, Lord, we sincerely ask you today to give the governments and those involved in the forefront of this serious and unexpected storm the wise guidance to handle the situation properly with the least amount of loss to life and property as possible. 
and please help those of us who must go out to work amidst all the confusion. Help us to be responsible and to stay safe and avoid any more serious setbacks. And Lord, we fervently pray that you'll use this situation to bring a lot of backsliders back to your fold. Show them the error of their ways. And please, please introduce a whole new flock who will embrace your love and compassion by the example that we, your faithful believers, set. Yes, Lord, please use this pandemic and the unrest in our streets as a means of restoring faith in you so that our sinful world can wake up and smell the coffee. Yes, wake up and smell it sweet and strong. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, friends, that we've pleaded for divine help and made promises, let's go out and keep those promises now. Otherwise, we won't receive that divine help. It's as simple as that. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Promises are not made to be broken, but to be kept with a sincere and honorable heart. And that's the indisputable truth. A lot of us make promises and, and don't have no honor or do not sincere about them. But not, that's not the way a Christian makes a promise. If so, all the promises God made us, he could just forget them. And then where would we be? Nowhere. Still hell bound. So please, let's get our act together, no man. Every day we're asking us to do this. Start living sincerely for Jesus. We know how to do it, but we're just not doing it. And we pray that today we'll wake up, smell that coffee sweet and strong, and start living for Jesus. And we pray it in his mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.